Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome. Just hopping on. Just getting really real with you guys. So I want to start with a little quote from Greg Braden. I'm in one of his online courses right now and it's just blowing my mind. He says, the better you know yourself, the better you are at facing whatever shows up in your life. So to understand your true power to thrive, you must first understand who you are in relation to your body, in relation to your past, in relation to your nature, your environment, because this informs every decision that you make. How you solve your problems is directly related to how you see yourself and your place in the world. Think about that. How we solve our problems is related, directly related to how we see ourselves, our place in the world, the environment that we're in. And I want to talk about how important emotional healing is in your big picture healing. You guys, something as simple as feeling alone can impact your health to a huge degree. 
Okay, so if you feel like you're alone in your healing, it can actually trigger anxiety that can lead to stress, which can lead to disease or illness. This is, when you really think about that, like there's research that shows that loneliness, loneliness can impact your health more than cigarettes. Now, I'm not advocating cigarette smoking. Please don't. But the emotions behind feeling alone, feeling like you're on that island alone with chronic illness, that has such a huge impact on you and your healing. There's these research studies of, um, this was a while back, but I believe it was a small town in Massachusetts, and this community was kind of like unbothered by the outside world, and uh, it was really interesting because in this town, there was just substantially less um, cases, incidences of heart attack and chronic illness. And so, of course, researchers are like, what's magic? What are you drinking? What's in the water? <laughs> and they did all sorts of studies to figure out why these people were just so much healthier than other surrounding communities. They were drinking the same water. And what they found was that this community is no longer this way uh, because a lot of, of the young kids have now gone off and, and gone to college and then they come back. And what was keeping this community so healthy was their sense of community and how supportive they were of each other and how tightly knit this community was. It's like I, I grew up in a neighborhood where, where we would just walk over to each other's houses and I would just walk into my best friend's backsliding door and be like, hey, what's going on? What's up? <laughs> and we don't do that anymore. And this community had that beautiful sense, sense of tribe, of, of sisterhood or brother and sisterhood that allowed them to have like appalling like researchers went in to figure out what is going on in this community because it was so healthy and they were they were exactly that they were united they had trust and love and support and nurturing and and, and healing each other and being there for each other and they probably felt heard and and seen and understood by others in their community so of course, I, I don't um, have all of the details memorized, but I, I thought that that research was so interesting that versus the, the, the other side of that, which is that people who feel alone, like they have nobody, like they've been abandoned, like they are on that island. Those are the people who we see more illness in. There is a correlation between feeling alone and, and chronic illness. And so it's so important. That's part of the intention behind autoimmune tribe is there's this intention to hold space to, for you all to know that you're not alone. None of you are alone. That this community is here to support you and that we see you. You, you are seen. You are heard. You are understood. And uh, sometimes that means speaking up and sharing something with the community. But I want you to know that that's safe, that it's okay for you to do that. And it's it's just so important for us to invest in the emotional side of healing for reasons like this, this town in Massachusetts. But, but there's so many other reasons that I want to share with you why it's, it's important, it's vital, it's crucial, it's critical to invest in the emotional side of healing. 
One of these reasons is because positive thinking stimulates our natural endorphins. When we think positive, and I'm not here to say, like, that's bullshit. I'm never going to tell you guys to think positive all the time. Think happy. (laughs) No, I will not be the coach that tells you to think happy thoughts. But I am telling you that if you reprogram your brain and you start to dissect some of your limiting beliefs and why you're having negative self-talk, critical self-talk, and then maybe you shift that scale towards the more positive belief and talk naturally that then you stimulate natural endorphins in your body so you're fucking happier. You feel good. Positive belief and and nurturing, like in that community, is also a way to alter our immune system. Alters our immune system by thinking good things. Like, this is so cool. That, that, That all of this is highlighting how powerful we are in our healing. That our healing is with inside of us. It's not always this external source. It's not always a band-aid. It's not a pill. It's not a doctor. It's not a white coat. It is you, sister. It's all there. It's all inside of you. Positive, supportive beliefs also decrease the body's a acute phase response. And that is the... We, we don't want to decrease the body's acute phase response because it is the inflammatory response that it's good. So yeah, we think inflammation, we're like, oh, that's bad. I want to reduce inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. If you have chronic inflammation in your body, we want to get rid of the inflammation. But there is an acute response, an acute inflammatory response that actually is supportive for your body. This is sometimes leads to pain, to, to swelling. So say you bonk your knee, that's going to be an inflammatory response that helps then heal and protect your knee after you bonked it. Or um, in some cases, we, we lose our appetite when we're in the survival mode, and sometimes that can benefit us. It's also the acute inflammatory response that creates fevers in our body. Yeah, it's not comfortable to have a fever, but your fever, that, that's a sign that your body is doing its, its, its self-repairing uh, mechanisms. So uh, positive beliefs are a way to um, be able to turn on the natural inflammatory response in the body but um, we don't want to feed into the chronic inflammation, okay? So this is also interesting. What your, your brain expects to happen in the near future affects your physiology, okay? So if I think, this is, this is like kind of drastic and tragic, <laughs> tragic, but if I think I'm going to get in a car accident, Okay, my brain expects this is happening in the near future. It doesn't mean I'm going to get in a car accident, but it affects the physiology of my body. If I'm so afraid of driving in the car and have all this anxiety around driving, well, that's going to affect me on a physiological level. The thought of, oh shit, I'm so afraid this might happen affects my hormones and my neurotransmitters and my central nervous system and the the balance between our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, which is, again, huge and vital to your overall homeostasis and well-being. I mentioned this before, but humans at a, at a most basic, the most basic level, want to be seen, heard, and understood. We just want to be seen, heard, and understood and, and loved. Okay? And the people who love us, those are the people who help us feel seen, heard, and understood. You know, I think we can all think of those moments when we've, we feel like we're talking to an empty room, like no one's listening. Everyone's on their cell phones. 
so-and-so is talking to the other so-and-so and that you're just you're just being drowned out and that happens I think a lot in the chronic illness community because people don't understand what we're going through they just they, they can't resonate they can't empathize or sympathize with the experience that that we've all had and so uh, the important part here is that you surround yourself with a community that is supportive to you and people who are going to honor you and respect you and allow you to feel seen, heard, and understood. The body is naturally a self-healing organism on its own. On its own, you guys. It's a naturally a self-healing organism, which means it's always working towards homeostasis. It's always trying to bring you back towards homeostasis. What we need to do is we need to support that. We need to create the environment for homeostasis. The environment for homeostasis is not fear, stress, anxiety, resentment, anger. The fear, the the environment for for homeostasis is love, support, understanding, love again and again and again. Mostly love, okay. So we need to be able to support this self healing organism that that we already are. The belief that you will feel, I already said that one, the belief that, no, I didn't say this one yet. The belief that will, you will feel differently leads you to feel differently, okay? So the belief that, let's say, um, let's use the, the feeling of hope, okay? If you have hope, hope leads you to feel better. If you believe that you have a chance at surviving, if you have a chance at healing, that this cream might heal your skin or this pill might heal your indigestion. Simply the belief behind that helps you feel differently. And if it's a belief that you're going to feel better, then it helps you actually feel better on a physical level. The belief that you'll feel differently leads you to feel differently. Next, the, the more you focus on the ways your body will break down, the more likely it is to break down. So this is kind of the, the vice versa here, okay? So if we believe and we've researched all the different ways that our body could break down. So let's use an example, um, inflammation in your eye. Okay, well, this could be all the different itises, <laughs> okay? All the different in inflammatory responses that could be showing up in our eye. We might be going blind, we might have glaucoma, we might have cataracts, we might have uh, an autoimmune disease that's presenting itself in the eye like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, okay? Just by knowing all the different things that could be happening with our eye, all those different ways it could be breaking down make it more likely to break down. That's really potent. That's really, really powerful. I'm not saying to, to be naive and not do your research. Like, go do your research, but don't focus on all the things that could possibly go wrong with you. Because the more we focus our attention on all those things that could go wrong, the more likely they are to go wrong. And this is also empowering because if we do take the vice versa, the way that we think our body about our body healing will help it heal. The more we think about it healing, the, the more likely it'll heal. So if we think, oh, okay, you know, um, yeah, sure, I, I'm aware and I know of all these different things and the ways that it could break down, but I also know all the ways it could heal. These are all the different pathways my body could take to healing. This is how possible healing is for me. Then we flip that script and we allow ourselves to step into our healing power. 
There's an example here I want to share from um, Dr. Bernie Siegel's research, which shows a control group uh, for a chemotherapy drug, and this the control group got saline, and the the people who in this control group, you know, they told that they 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 were told that they could be getting chemotherapy, and 30% of people in this control group lost their hair. It was saline. 30% of those people lost their hair because they were told that they might be getting chemotherapy. Do you guys feel the power of that? That's the power of your mind. And I think in the past, we've kind of labeled these people as crazy or hypochondriacs or something. But really what it's doing is it's, it's highlighting how powerful our brain, our thoughts, and our belief are. 30% of people were given saline and they lost their hair. There's no other reason that they would have lost their hair other than the belief that they were getting chemotherapy. The belief that they were getting the chemotherapy and then they lost their hair, regardless of whether they received it. And in this case, they did not. That's crazy. That's powerful. But it, it's not meant to make people look crazy. It's, it's meant to show us our power. Next, the mind and emotions affect the way that DNA is expressed in your body. So I, I posted a picture of this on Instagram this past week of uh, kind of this healthy looking double helix of, of DNA in the presence of an environment of, of joy and love and happiness. And then we can take, we can, we can take pictures of our DNA, <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny DNA, and we can look at the DNA in the presence of anger and frustration and resentment. And you, if you saw that on my Instagram, you'll see that it's a much more tightly wound coil of DNA, making it harder to express itself. Now, I'm, I'm not a epigeneticist, <laughs> but um, I, I can see that on the screen. I can read about that and I can, I can see in my own learning and understanding that, okay, yeah, um, the, the way that the DNA is clearly, uh, the way the DNA is expressed is clearly different in these two environments just by looking at that image. So we want to be able to support our DNA in the way that it's expressed in the environment that we're in so that we can be in an environment of healing. Even our childhood thoughts that were programmed so long ago can have effect on our healing today. This might, be not, might not be something new to most of you in my community because I talk about this a lot. Uh, there's a lot of good books on this as well, uh, as well as the, the ACEs test, the Adverse Childhood Experiences test uh, that you can find your number on and see um, kind of how that might be impacting your health as well. So there's lots of research on this and the way that potential adverse childhood events are affecting us now. So these, but it doesn't have to be one of the aces, one of those, those big traumas. It can also just be the, the thoughts that were programmed into you as a child. And all of those thoughts now are programmed into our brain and affecting, are affecting our healing. So for example, let's think of, of things you heard as a kid or beliefs that you developed as a kid. Maybe you heard that obesity runs in your family. Okay, obesity runs in my family. Now you have this belief that obesity runs in your family when obesity doesn't run in families. Like, yeah, you might see the theme of it, but it's not because of your genetics. It's not because of your genetics. 2% of our chronic illness is based on a genetic factor, a single genetic factor. And I think it's 5% of um, like uh, heart, cardiac patients, heart disease, and I believe cancer, 
2% and 5%, you guys. So what that's showing is, yeah, we do see obesity ru like run in families, but it's not because of their genes, it's because of their beliefs. Is this, guy, is this rocking anyone's world? <laughs> Let me know how you guys are feeling about this. You might have also grown up with this feeling um, or this recurring thought of, oh, I always get sick. Like maybe your mom told you, oh, you, you're always getting sick. You're always sick. You're always sick. Now I have this belief that I always get sick. So when I see the person sick at the yoga studio, I get sick. doesn't have to do with any sort of bacteria or any sort of transmission of any sort of virus. You, you can get sick because you think you're going to get sick. And that's really powerful as well. And then we flip these things on their head and we say, oh, if I believe I'm going to get sick, I get sick. Well, if I believe I'm going to heal, I'm going to heal. Powerful. Really, really powerful. You might also have had this belief that thyroid problems run in my family. Everyone in my, all the women in my family have Hashimoto's. Everyone has Hashimoto's. That's your belief. Your belief is that everyone in your family has Hashimoto's. And if you think that you are prone to thyroid issues, then that belief feeds into, yeah, potentially what's also physiologically going on in your body, but the belief feeds into it as well. I find all this so fascinating. So when you are positive or hopeful about uh, anything in life, when you're just positive and hopeful in general, what happens is your body releases neurotransmitters and hormones that turn your stress response off, which allow the body to heal. Okay, so I'm feeling hopeful. I believe I can heal. I'm shifting my thoughts to the belief that I can heal. My body sends and releases neurotransmitters and hormones that turn my stress response off. I don't know why I think it's in your heart. I feel like it's like a switch off. <laughs> so I turn the stress response off and now the body can heal itself. Remember I said it, the body's naturally a self-repairing mechanism, uh, has self-repairing mechanisms in it. It's a self-healing organism. We are self-healing organisms. That's why things like inflammation and fevers exist. That's why no runny noses and sneezes exist because our body has an, an ability to naturally heal itself we can support that by the environment we put it in that environment yes means like less toxins in our life and and maybe supporting ourselves with the supplements that are going to aid in that self-healing process but ultimately your body's healing itself and the, the the major light that i want to shine today is that part of that environment is also your emotions so as we get more hopeful and we believe that we can heal, we release those neurotransmitters, we turn off the stress response so the body can just do its job. We also see very often sugar pills as effective as pharmaceutical drugs in trials. So you guys know that there's pharmaceutical trials on drugs in order to get approved by the FDA to show their effectiveness. And oftentimes what we see is that the sugar pill is as effective as a pharmaceutical drug. So why? Because clearly it's not doing anything like any changing any sort of part of your metabolism or your hormones or your, your blood pressure or anything in your body, right? So, so why? Why do we see so much response to sugar pills? Well, it's the ritual of healing and it's the power of your mind. So there's, there's this ritual behind taking the pill and there's this belief that this is healing me. I'm doing the ritual and I'm believing that it's working and then we see that these sugar pills could be super super effective so then my question to you is just it's just a question prompt something I want to put out into your brain what if we just took the sugar pill 
and we didn't have any negative side effects? Or what if we didn't even have to take the sugar pill and instead we created a ritual that didn't require that of us? We created new rituals for healing. New rituals that we allowed ourselves to go to every day, like using your essential oils or being in meditation or reading from a book or using your crystals or taking a walk outside or cuddling your dog or dancing. What if we created new rituals and the belief that those rituals were going to heal us, would we not see that those rituals were just as effective as the pharmaceutical drug or the sugar pill? That's my question to you. What we do know is that Chinese and alternative um, medicine modalities, uh, for example, there's studies on sham acupuncture. <laughs> so they still stick needles, but they don't put them in the respective energy meridians. And the sham acupuncture can be just as effective as the real acupuncture. Because our brain thinks it's working. Because we have this power of belief. When we are supported in our healing and we feel more safe, more trusting, we're able to relax, the body can also go do its job. When we feel like we are supported, like you are working with a coach or, or a doctor or your mom, whoever, or your partner, that support allows your body to relax, makes you feel taken care of, trusted, trusting in other people or just in whatever you're doing. And that also allows your body to turn off that stress mode, that uh, threat, and turn on the healing response. Feelings like fear and anxiety and anger and frustration and resentment all trigger the HPA axis in the body. This is your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And this is a major highway and, and, and connection of highways uh, in your body where we are constantly communicating and sending messages like when to release hormones into into our body and so when we're in a state of fear anxiety resentment anger frustration it triggers the hpa access and what we see is that when there's hps hpa access dysfunction that's when we see for example it's also known as adrenal fatigue we see our body shut down we don't have energy for life anymore because we're constantly turning on this response this response response releasing cortisol into the body until the body's tired the body's really tired. It needs to go into rest and digest mode. It can't always be in stress, flight, flight, freeze, threat mode. When your body feels like it's in a constant threat, it can't heal. So we have to we have to make the changes in our lives to be able to support the healing. And I mean that with all the love. And sometimes that decision's really hard or a really big decision to make. It doesn't have to be. It could be as simple as including one healing ritual in your morning every morning. But it could be that you want you you might need to quit your job or you might need to move out of the house that you're living in because that's going to then support your environment for healing. We need the environment in order to be able to heal. The environment, yes, physically in our surroundings, but also in our mind. So where in your life, how in your life can you go to an environment that is going to support that? This chronic low-grade state of stress slowly breaks down the body. It creates a toxic environment and that, that toxic environment, that breaking down and then the body no longer doing its self-repairing mechanism, that's what leads to illness. So I talk about this and I've talked about this for years. We didn't wake up 
and we had chronic illness. Like that word chronic has an energy to itself of, of, of extended, right? And lifelong for some people. Uh, but what if we believed it didn't have to be lifelong? And what if we changed the environment from the one that we've been in for so long and everything's been accumulating, accumulating, accumulating until then? Yeah, we do have chronic illness to shift it back towards one or just to a new one that feels really good. That is an environment where we can heal and support and love ourselves and feel like we're part of a community and not lonely and not under threat and not constantly stress the fuck out. And that's the place, that's the environment that allows your body to heal. This loneliness, as I mentioned before, it, it triggers a threat response in our body. And that's not maybe what I would have expected. I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't know if I would have thought, oh, loneliness equals I'm under threat. But that's what science and studies show is that when we feel lonely, our body goes into this feeling that we're threatened. And the loneliness, as I mentioned in the beginning, that feeling of loneliness can make us sicker than cigarettes can make us. And don't go smoke cigarettes. <laughs> but that's, that's what our, the science shows. That's what the research shows is loneliness is detrimental to our health. So what's the point here? Like, what gives? Why is Sarah, like, dropping all of these fucking <laughs> truth bombs that we may or may not want to hear, okay? And and we can't erase all of the stress in our life, right? Like, you're, you're going, okay, yeah, I get it. You, you've shown me the, the research. You've shown me the science. You've shown me why our emotions matter and maybe urged you to invest in your emotional healing, but I can't erase, like, I can see you guys shouting to me. I, Sarah, I can't erase all the stress in my life. No, maybe not. But what we can do is develop the tools that allow us to heal all of our old shit that we're still holding on to. For example, girlfriend, you're not just stressed out about the traffic you were in today. Or the paper you have to write. Or the bill you have to pay. Likely, you're still holding on to stress of getting a D on a paper in middle school and that relationship with your ex-boyfriend and trying to make your parents proud and the pressure you put on yourself. All of that stress. It's not just that one thing that happened today at the stop sign. It's all of this that's accumulated in your body and we just haven't learned or been taught how to release it and to let it go. So we got to let it process and we have to let it release it's time to let it go you just need the tools but these aren't tools that you have to buy they're they're all tools that are already inside of you just waiting to be unlocked the brain is just waiting to be reprogrammed towards health instead of lack and what I want to do is show you exactly how to do this and move through all of that past stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you might have some stress at work or stress from your kids today or whatever that stress is coming from. But what I don't want to see is you living in a constant state of stress that is never easing up because you deserve to be well. You deserve to be healthy our medical system is broken and we're using it as a crutch. We're asking other people to fix us. When, girl, you do not need fixing. You need loving. Yes, loving. 
What if love was our new medicine? What if we, we threw out our prescriptions? Now, I can't actually advise you to do that. But what if we replace those with love? Deep, deep support, love, and community. And that's what I'm offering you in 21 Days of Healing. And you only have until tonight to sign up and join us. So close your eyes. Close your eyes. And just jump. Jump, my love. Close your eyes and jump. Because we are all waiting down here to catch you and to love you and to hold you and support you so that you may rise the fuck up and that you may step into your power, your deep, deep power. But you got to close your eyes and you got to take that jump. And only then do you know that you're supported and that you're not alone and that you don't have to suffer from loneliness. So that is my message to all of you today. I hope this all makes sense and maybe has turned on a couple of light switches in your brain around why it's it's time for us to invest in the emotional side of healing and that we should prioritize this. That our mind, our brain is so powerful and this environment that we create around us absolutely has a huge, huge impact on our overall health.